Hey, welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. My guest today is Carrie Morin. If you listened last week, I had Celeste Diorio on. She is Carrie's wife. She does management and booking, and she's done PR in the past. And if you're a musician, if you're an indie musician especially, go back and listen to last week's episode because it's awesome. Uh, Celeste has all kinds of great things to say. Um, and then come back and listen to this one. Uh, this is Carrie Morin. He's an internationally touring blues artist, singer-songwriter, all-around phenomenal guy. Uh, these two episodes were a lot of fun to record because I got to have good conversations with both Celeste and Carrie, and also I got to kill two birds with one stone. I set up my equipment. Well, I drove to Fort Collins. I set up my equipment and sat in their living room and interviewed one for a while and interviewed the other for a while, and then before I left, Carrie showed me some new chord shapes in open detuning on the guitar. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's what I have to say about uh, about today's guest. Carrie Morin, check him out wherever you check out your music. What else is new? How are you guys doing? Great? Oh, really? Ah, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I, I, I hope you're... I hope things look up for you, all right? How am I doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, my band just played a few shows this last week. We made it as far as Moscow, Idaho, and then drove all the way back to Denver. It was a lot of fun, except for the drive home, because I don't like not sleeping for a day and a half. But it happens. That's what we all do this for. All right. Anyway, let's jump into the episode, my conversation with Carrie Morin. on thanks for thanks for coming on well thanks for dropping by yeah yeah i i was i was really lucky that uh with the drive up here to fort collins i was able to get a two for one this afternoon yes one sound check one drive two interviews yep and a burger <laughs> and a burger <laughs> that's right um so i want to kind of start at the beginning where'd you where'd you come from where were you born i was born in billings montana uh my father was a military guy so um in my early youth we moved around a little bit but not as much as i hear um a lot of military families do so i spent most of my youth in great falls montana and um uh, i played piano uh, i started playing piano like when i was in first grade i think and then uh continued through high school and um but during that time i picked up other things too it was like really easy to play guitar so in great falls there was like all kinds of cool house bands back in in the 70s um in that town at that time i think there was three uh house bands and we could go around and check all those bands out and um Montana was a great place. There was there was cool music, uh, um, kind of country swing, Texas uh, swing kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, bluegrass bands and rock bands and country bands. And yeah, yeah, it was a musical education for sure. So you started kind of jumping in and playing with them pretty soon after. Well, they force you to. You know, if you're known as a as a, a musician, uh, even when I was 
uh, 14, 15, walk into uh, um, one of these clubs while these guys are playing. If they see it, they get you on stage. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that, I guess, um, it's not like we're great friends. I, I didn't hang out with them other than when they were on stage. But a lot of those guys were mentors. They, they uh, would sit and listen to them play and and see the cool things that they could do and then when you get on stage uh they would kind of help you out with stuff you know yeah set a musical example i guess that's really cool well you know last time i played in montana i just thought of this after our set we packed up and went down the street to another club and uh the guitar player looked out at me said you a musician and i said yeah and he goes, all right, well, I hope you play guitar. I got to go smoke a cigarette. And he sets his guitar down. And I literally just jumped up and led the band for three tunes. <laughs> only in Montana. That's right. That's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a certain com- camaraderie up there uh, that, that exists in other places too. But I was fortunate to grow up in a place where, you know, that was, um, music wasn't really a competition. Everybody... Uh, played together and and uh, really supported other players. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and were you there for your entire childhood up through? I mean, for the most part. Um. Well, I'm still kind of a child. I'm. I moved here when I was 18. Okay. And, and up to northern Colorado specifically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had dreams of. Uh, playing um at ski areas that's what i thought was the be all end all of uh of um what i did at the time which was solo guitar um singer songwriter kind of thing yeah so uh uh mission accomplished on that one i was gonna say i'm sure you've done that a few times (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep i had at, at one point i guess for three years maybe four years um I had two house gigs in Summit County every day. So I'd, I'd play one at like th- three o'clock for a couple hours and then I'd, I'd do another one um, at another, um, at a, like a restaurant lounge. Uh, I think I started there about seven o'clock and, and did that for another couple hours. Did that for years. It was fun. Yeah, that's it. Those were, those were solo. Yep, two a days. Yep. Wow. So when did you start? Uh, when did you start playing in bands? Oh, um, about what would that be? Let's see. Probably the really late '80s, early '90s. Um, so I, I was around Fort Collins a lot, and at that time, um, there were some. Uh, there were some bars here in town that were just classic music venues and um, a couple of pretty popular bands that lived here and then there was a whole bunch that would tour through all the time. See the same bands touring through quite a lot. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I got into one of those bands and then there was an offshoot from one of those uh, that I played with 
for a lot of years. And then another offshoot from that band that I ended up playing with for about 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And that was, that band was? Atoll. Atoll. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, oh, that's really, and do you still play with them at all or? Um, we never really broke up. We just, yeah. you know. <laughs> Stuck playing. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think everybody gets um, um, married and there's kids and family and uh, the emphasis kind of shifts from music to family life. And um, I, I, I went through a period of maybe about three or four years where I, I didn't really play a lot. Um, I, I started really concentrating on acoustic guitar at that time uh, and just woodshed like really heavy for a couple of years and um, started learning this uh, uh, open D tuning that yeah. I became somewhat obsessed with. Yeah. I just sit with that for hours and hours. And, um, so I guess that was about 2002 or 2003, I think, um, that I started doing that. And then, you know, a couple years later, I started playing out again. And that was, and that's D-A-D-F-sharp-A-D? Correct. Okay. Cool. And, and so you play in that tuning a whole lot. Exclusively. Ex- just open D. Yeah. Uh, I, I will play, like if I'm, if I'm sitting in with bands or playing with bands, um, I guess that aren't my band, uh, I'll have a, a guitar around that's in standard tuning yeah. that I'll pick up from time to time. But uh, yeah, mostly I play an open D. And um, it's just really made uh, guitar playing interesting. And it's like learning, learning guitar over again. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you like the sound of having having open strings in there as well? I do. I like the I like the I, I guess just the full quality of the um the chord voicings that I can get and um I think the emphasis really for my playing has switched from being a lead player to well fingerstyle um you know, playing bass notes and chords at the same time and, and melodies and bass notes at the same time. Right. Um, it's challenging. And I, I just, after playing lead guitar for so many years, I kind of got disinterested in it. Yeah. You know, it was like, I'd do it for 20 or 30 years and I guess I kind of peaked out. Uh, like yeah. I didn't feel like I was going to get any better. I didn't really put any time into it or, you know, I didn't practice or, or rehearse um, in, in my own time, which was my downfall with that. I just kind of became disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what, talk about the open detuning a little bit more. What was, when did you decide, wow, I, this tuning's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to go to this. It was a process. A friend of mine um, that I used to play uh, uh, an acoustic duo with for years 
uh, back in the 80s. And we re- we remained friends, you know, over the years. Um, we switched from uh, guitars to fishing is what we started doing uh, <laughs> together. Anyway, he he was a, you know, a, a dear friend and came over to my house after we'd been fishing all day one day and he said, I've got this guitar and it's tuned to D. Just take it and hang it on the wall and pick it up from time to time and, uh, you know, see what you can make of it. So I really didn't fiddle with it much. I I think that guitar hung on the wall for a year. Um, And it just didn't make any sense to me. And then at one point, I put a couple of hours into it and really made some headway, and then I couldn't put it down. It was... I was just fascinated with um, uh, melodically the things that uh, you could do and um, the chords, uh, they just sound way different. And yeah, I was just fascinated with it. After, like, I goofed around with it for a couple of years, but always, like, when I did a, a solo show, I would always have a guitar on stage that was in standard because I couldn't do like, you know, a whole night in that tuning. Yeah. And then I got this job in, um, in Europe playing guitar for a, um, a trio. Um, and that's really when I think I, I don't know, I, I, I crossed some sort of a barrier and, and I could start playing more and more uh, of the night in the open tuning and then at some point, I just I stopped bringing uh, the standard tuning guitar, and um, it's yeah, it's like I said, it's it's been a a really interesting journey. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a cool tuning. It is, and uh, you know, I really should um, uh, I should spend time maybe learning Open G, yeah, uh, and Dadgad those two confound me it's it's weird dadgad is just like one half note a half note away from yeah. uh or is that a whole step is on that the F sharp? a half step yeah a half step on the f sharp but that half step on one string just wow it really throws me for a loop but then again i haven't really spent enough time with it to uh to give it a chance right right <laughs> sure well maybe only switching one string is a lot more difficult than switching all six because you're still in that mindset yeah i think i have my hands full with open d <laughs> for a lifetime uh so jumping back a little bit uh you, you came to colorado um you're playing some solo gigs playing in some bands you started a family at some point as well right yep um three kids um all grown and off doing their own thing now and um that that was really the time when um i wasn't uh driving around to sporting events and and um uh, school activities and whatnot uh i i really started to get back into playing music and yeah uh, then yeah really full speed ahead on I'm playing guitar shows and, and playing with bands and mm-hmm. solo shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I play as much as I can. Right. Right. And at some point in there, you met Celeste as well. Yep. Um, 
You, did you guys talk about that? Our, we, we did briefly. Yeah, okay, we did. so we'll see if our stories matter. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> well, you got to shut the door first so she doesn't hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Celeste and I have been friends for years. Uh, we're, we've both been part of the music community here in uh, Fort Collins, which is a pretty tight-knit community. Um, and I end up at the same shows over the years. Um we really used to hit all the subdude shows, you know, back in the early days when that band just had moved to town, and um, you know, just end up at the same functions and um, you know, playing uh, in bands that had band members in common, and uh, so yeah, we we finally uh, got together about seven eight years ago. Um, we, we both, I think, agreed that we wanted to, um, pursue, a uh, musical careers and she felt confident that she could, um, manage me and, um, just come up with like a business plan. Like, I think we are when we first started talking about it, I think we had like a three year plan and, and set goals. Mm. And, um, we haven't had one of those meetings for a while, but, um, she's done a really fantastic job, um, creating time for me to, uh, work on making albums. And she's created relationships with people in the industry and um ha you know she has a couple of other uh artists that she works with and it kind of snowballs really you know when you bring another artist into the fold um then there's this kind of cross-pollination that goes on our we we do shows together with uh, some of the other artists that are under the maple street umbrella yeah and um, so m people that are interested in my music then get interested in those artists and vice versa. Right. So yeah, it's it's been a really um, exciting process. And what's your relationship with some of the other artists under the umbrella? Well, um, there have been a couple that have come and gone, but um, I've done shows with all of them. Yeah. And um, uh, like, well, Pudafe, for instance, um, I've, I played guitar with uh, her ensemble for about four or five years. Um, Ray Bonneville, we've done little tours together, and uh, he, when he's on tour and I'm on tour, and our uh, our paths cross, and we get together and do, you know, he'll come and sit in on my show, or I'll sit on on his. Yeah, and um. Yeah, it's it's been that way with all the artists that uh, are associated with with Maple Street, and um, I think uh, musically and artistically we can kind of feed off of each other too. And well, I, I can say that for me at least, I'm I'm inspired by um, what these other artists do, and I can maybe you know take a little something from each of their shows, and uh, it it helps me with with my career. 
Yeah. And when about did you start running around with Ray? Ray, we first saw at a this uh, concert. It's not a series. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a massive house concert that happens every full moon in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And we happened to be there. I think we were there for the conference, and um, the it happened to be a full moon, and we heard about this show that happened. So we found it, and sure enough, it was at these folks house and man there must have been a thousand people there it was just uh like the most amazing backyard party that i've ever witnessed and he happened to be on the bill for that one and that's the first time that i saw him and uh, he was playing with a trio and i was just amazed with uh his songs and his artistry yeah and uh we ended up being on the same bill uh at a show in Alabama a couple years after that. Yeah. Uh, And And this is what year? Well, that was like five years ago. Okay. And right away, um, when we sat down and started visiting, uh, we found that we had all these things in common. You know, our, our love of guitar, our love of songwriting, loves to fly fish. He was like, "Oh man, check out your RV. Can I check? Can I look at your RV?" And you know, so, yeah, he uh, he went out and bought one. And we're we're both kind of crazy about um, vintage trailers. Wow. I have a um, I have one sitting out back here, um, and but we we both really fascinated with aluminum trailers for some reason. A, vin- a vintage trailer. Yeah. You know, like what you attach to the back of your car trailer. Uh, yeah, it's like a camping yeah. uh, trailer, an uh, Airstream kind of affair, you know? Right, right. Well, I I bought one years ago, and I, I used to pull it around. It's 27 feet, and it's uh, it's it was built in 72 or 73, so it's kind of old. Yeah. Um, but I stopped pulling it around. I don't really have a vehicle big enough to do that anymore, <laughs> so... <laughs> so it it just it sits out back and it's kind of our spare house. But Ray bought one um, that's like holy cow, fifty feet long or something. Um, it's more of a home. It wasn't really meant for you know to drag around the highways. Um, so he spent a lot of time restoring that. And uh, um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, just we got things in common. Yeah, <laughs> me, me and Ray. <laughs> Uh, we, we, I think we're gonna do a another string of shows together. Just starting to talk about that, and yeah, um, it'll be great to catch up with him. And um, I love his new album, and can't wait to play those songs with him. That's awesome. And actually, it's made me think about too another artist that I saw you on some bills with was Grayson Caps. Yeah, um, do, have you been buddies with him for a while, or is that just a recent relationship? It's this more recent. Um, I I met him at at that same venue in Alabama that I met Ray. And uh, we, um, we we started playing shows together. And he's got all these guys that he plays with that are from around the South. And- Was that a Frog Pond? Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. That's the, the Frog Pond um, show. And I play it, you know, so, I I haven't really been hired just to be like a um on the side. 
a guitar player. Um, we talk about it from time to time, but um, I'm usually uh, on the song writer end of things on those shows. I've done it a bunch of times, and it's always it's always so much fun. And that's another one of those um, uh, outdoor um, private residence concert venue that attracts thousands of people and come from all over the place. I've always wanted to go to a show there. When I see Grayson there all the time, he's the end of a, a resident artist there, I think. He pretty much is. Yeah. yeah, they're they're on the bill quite a lot and his fans love him so much. Yeah. Uh, and so do I, but um they they'll follow him everywhere. So they've been coming out to Colorado in the summer times and um we uh we did a string of shows last summer and it all went so well. We decided to give our our uh, little ensemble a name. We call it um, Rancho Deluxe. Rancho Deluxe. <laughs> so we're gonna do uh, shows in Colorado uh, when they're out this way at some point this summer. And then Celeste and I, we when we tour, we always go down in that that area too. So we'll get together and play shows down there too. And, uh, yeah, Grayson's a fascinating songwriter. Um, he's um, he's created these wonderful albums, and um, uh, I get to play shows with him, like in New Orleans and stuff. And he's another one of those guys that I. It, it's such a joy to sit next to him and watch him do what he does because he captivates audiences. Yeah, and. You know, if a little bit, just a tiny bit of that could rub off on me, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So, and um, they have, they, you know, have they have this crew of people that they, they tour around with, and we just have so much fun when we're together. And play, we'll jam after shows. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just go and play. Yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, um you know, normally I'm not down to do that, but um, with those guys, yeah, that's a hoot. I love it. Uh, that's awesome. So you just, you, you've made a lot of great relationships over the past few years, especially. But I, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of that. Actually, um, the number of years that we've been out um, touring in uh, the U.S. and in Europe um, have yielded relationships that um that last you know we stay in touch with an awful lot of people yeah and i'm i'm actually thinking about going and um and trying to get uh into the ibc um which is something i kind of swore off yeah but i think there's some friends of ours from italy that are competing in the european uh blues challenge and i have a hunch they're gonna win so i want to get into the uh the colorado um blues challenge and hopefully uh advance and go to memphis so that i could visit our friends from italy and play with them and and uh and just hang out and visit oh that'd be really cool that is my my ibc um goals so you're gonna do it this year yeah yeah. Did, is this? Are you announcing it to the public for the first time right now? Sorta. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I, you know, I was just thinking about it the other day. I know that um, Sebastiano and um, these uh, these friends of ours that we tour with in Italy from time to time, uh, I just know they're going to win, you know. Yeah. And th that, that means that they're going to have to travel to the U.S. And I thought, well, it wouldn't make sense for us just to drive all the way to Memphis to visit uh, with our European friends, I may as well be there doing something. Doing it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why I decided to make a run for it. Yeah. yeah well, I I may I may be down there. I uh, I've got a group of students that are competing in the youth division. Yeah. And then uh, I think Nick uh, Nick Clark was talking about maybe doing it this year. We'll see. And so I I told them both. I said I'll be your driver <laughs> if if it if you, if it happens. You know. Do you think you'll end up on stage? Uh, I went with some students a couple years ago and and did yeah uh -huh. yeah and I, and I didn't go for that I just went to hang out but it but I did and it was awesome. I think after I did it two years in a row and um, you know it gets down to Sunday and you wake up in the morning thinking that you know gosh I might have a shot at this which I never do and um, uh, but somehow during the course of the week. I convince myself that there's, you know, possibility that I could win or at least make the finals. Yeah. And uh, I never have. So it's, it's always like a big letdown. I just, I just fall into a puddle of tears and cry myself to sleep every Sunday afternoon at the IBCs. But this year, um, if, if I do indeed make it, I'm, I'm not going to fall into that trap again. Yeah. Yeah, you're just gonna enjoy the enjoy the ride. I'm going there to visit. Yeah, yeah. and and play music. <laughs> I first met you, uh, or and heard you play music. I I, I competed. I, I tried it a few years, the Colorado Blues Society level, and uh, I think that was the first time I saw you play. Was I was competing, um, and and you were. This was several years ago, and you won it and went to and went to Memphis. And you were in the youth. Uh... No, I don't think I was that year. I think I was in. I think I was in the big boy division, oh, just nice. barely, twenty one or something. <laughs> All right. So, um, but uh, but yeah, you you won it that year. That was the first time I saw you play. I'm like, okay. Damn, that guy's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's great that, you, like, we're talking about uh, this music creates community and, and all these friends that that we have around the world because of music, and you know you're you're part of that community with us as well. We still yeah. bump into each other from time to time at shows and right. venues and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, well, and I, I know the last time we all bumped into each other, I was with uh, Nick Clark and uh, you and Celeste were watching Johnny Sansone at Avogadro's. And I think before, you know, we said hello. And then the next thing out of one of your mouths was, if you guys need a place to crash tonight, come on over. And I, and we just thought that was so cool. You know, like, man, they're good, good people. Oh, well, that's something that we always, um, try to uh, provide for musicians. And there are, there are touring bands that stop by here. I, I'll get a call uh, and say, Hey man, we're, we're driving down I-25, you know, we'll be there in an hour. And, um, and then a couple hours later, we've got the house full and <laughs> yeah, and people sleeping all over the place, you know. Yeah. So, um, it, when you're on the road, it's always nice to have a, a spot where you can go and get a meal and a place to sleep and save some money. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's helpful. <laughs> you know, as you know, right? You're, you know, all over the country all and, the time. Yeah. And people do that for us. Yeah. All the time. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to write down some of these band names you're saying, and there's some funky ones. <laughs> uh, Rancho Deluxe. That's a cool name. Where did that come from? And where did Ghost Dog come from? Okay. Um, Ghost Dog uh, is fr- taken from a Jim Jarmusch movie of the same name. Mm. And um, it was um, a movie. I was, I was writing an album. Um, I can't remember which one. Uh, Tiny Town, I think. And um, me and Zeus hopped in the uh, RV and drove up Poudre Canyon and stayed at a campground up there for like three days. Yeah. And I think Celeste was like visiting family in Florida or something. And um, I remember I remember me and the dog were sitting here and it was like the house was quiet and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I thought, you know, maybe it would be a good thing to go up the canyon and just hang out up, up there. And I, it was kind of a sp- split second decision because it was late in the afternoon and if I was going to do it and find a place to park, I pretty much had to like get off the couch and do it right then. Yeah. So I did. And, and me and the dog drove up there and we stayed and it watched while well, I was writing songs. Um, and turns out it was like a late spring snowstorm. So there was like a foot of snow oh, and man. it was really nice actually. And, um, I ended up watching that movie like six times, seven times. Um, I didn't really have that many movies with me and I was really concentrating on songwriting, but I was really fascinated with that movie too. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of really interesting twists and turns and there's all kinds of great dialogue in it. I'm going to watch it now. Oh, you'll love it. Nick just texted me last night because he, I told him about it and he hadn't seen it and he texted me like at midnight last night. It's like, Oh, wow, this movie is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, anyway, yeah, that that band um, is a three-piece here. In, uh, well, four-piece, actually, because Celeste sings with us. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Jordan Pasquin that plays drums with Right Minded here in town um, plays drums with us. And um, Jason Larson, who is a guy that I've been in bands and um we've played music on and off together for uh about 15 years or so and maybe longer than that actually um and he's playing bass in this band he's always played guitar and in other projects uh that we've been in together but yeah he's a great bass player um he used to play bass in pharrell's band yeah uh back when Pharrell had a band what was it called NERD okay if you if you remember that um anyway uh uh, Rancho Deluxe um I think that we named that because we we got together um one time uh, that's the Grayson Caps and uh yeah. All those guys from down south. Um What's the name of that place? Rancho Del Rio? 
Yeah. Um, we, we played a show at Rancho Del Rio. It's on the Colorado River. Yeah. Um, and something about that night just really clicked. It was like nobody could do anything wrong. It was just such a fun night. And I, I we had already played plenty of shows together, but it was really that night that we decided that, man, you know, we could do this more often. It's just so easy that everybody just, it just clicks, you know. And, uh, of course, we never rehearsed ever. Uh, just really just on stage um, trading songs and having fun. So, yeah, that, we gave it the name because, um, actually, I think Celeste came up with it. We are at Rancho Del Rio, and we are driving home, and she said, remember that movie Rancho Deluxe? Wouldn't that be a great logo? So we um, we called up all the other guys, and they are like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, that's where that name came from. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and so you've been you've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I think there's definitely been uh, a jump in success for you the last few years. You've been doing bigger shows, and it seems like touring more. Um, was there a certain point or a certain record where you noticed, hey, more people are listening to this, more people are coming out to shows? Um, was there a certain point? for you that you felt that well i think it i attribute any of that uh to um competent management um celeste comes up with uh with ideas and plans um and goals um and she she encourages me to uh you know to do my part um, whatever part that might be, um, and she has uh, successfully put us at the right place at the right time in a in a couple of uh, different situations, um, and um, we just get noticed uh, a little bit more uh, from time to time. So yeah, there has been um, a spike in in the last two years. I think yeah. after, um, uh, well, I guess with the last two albums, um, and a, a lot of that has to do with uh, us expanding our team. Uh, we've recorded the albums really with the same team of people that I started with when when we started making albums and um, with Celeste sort of producing and um, calling the shots um, we tried and step it up with every album the, yeah. the last couple of albums um, she hired uh, publicity uh, and um, it was amazing the difference. Um, Pucci Media really got the word out, and not just in the U.S. either. It was like um, there were people finding out about these albums from uh, all over the place. Our our biggest market um, for uh, digital sales and streaming is Brazil. And, uh, you know, that's a place I've always wanted to go. Yeah. Now we kind of have a reason to, but it's, 
Um, it well, it kind of seems unexplainable, but it, it really is explainable. It's the you know the publicity and, and um, the the marketing skills that uh, Celeste has hired out and devo- developed herself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really neat. So what's the? I'm seeing pictures of you with all kinds of musicians um up on up on the facebook <laughs> um john hyatt um what what's maybe the coolest show you've done has there been a a, you, a big show you couldn't tell those were photoshopped yeah, well <laughs> i i mean it, it it looked like uh you know you were really there and it was just <laughs> john hyatt got photoshopped in with you <laughs> it's amazing isn't it <laughs> well that that one actually um we were there uh, uh this goes back a ways um i opened a show for david bromberg mm-hmm. here in fort collins uh, a couple years ago and um since you know i was a fan of his uh when i was a kid i was a little um starstruck and like i couldn't even look the guy in the eye i was just, i couldn't even believe that you know we're standing in the same room together yeah uh, but but celeste went up to him and and started up a conversation with him and um long story short you know we've been friends ever since wow. so when we're on the east coast we stop by and uh when when he's on tour and out out in this direction uh we get together well we were on tour and um we we went and stayed at uh, their house, at the Bromberg's house in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, for two days. Yeah. And David was just getting off tour with his band. He was coming in from Florida, I believe. And um, he was about an hour away from the house. And he called and asked his wife, you know, um, these guys are playing down the street. They 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 literally live two blocks from the opera house in uh, Wilmington, downtown Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. And uh, he called up and said, you know, um, Hyatt's playing down the street uh, tonight. And they called and wanted to know if, if we want to go. So he said, do you think Carrie and Celeste would want to go and see uh, John Hyatt and Lyle Levitt tonight? So I was like, well, yeah, you know. So um, we got the passes, and we're sitting in the audience, and sure enough, uh, Lyle Lovett says um, towards the end of the show, and we're really honored to have David Bromberg here tonight. He's been a, um, an inspiration uh, for all of us, and he truly has. Yeah. Um, and then after the uh, show, um, David said, well, you want to go down and say hi to these guys so we did we went down to the green room and I literally was just a guy that happened to be standing around while these guys uh were worshiping uh David Bromberg and then the his tour manager came in and said hey man let's let's get a picture and so I stepped out of the way and uh Lyle Lovett says, "No, you guys get in this photo too." So nice. that's how that photo happened. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I didn't. Wow. Um, so you know, I didn't play a, play the show. Um, 
But yeah, it just literally happened to be standing there. If there's if there's one show you could go back and and play again, um, for the experience for everything, what would it be? Go, um, the first thing I thought of when you said that is go back and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> or that too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, excuse me. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, the very first show that I played when I got hired um, to play guitar for uh, my my dear friend Putafay, um she's a um, a vocalist uh, that has always been well known to me. I met her at a um, at a concert that we both played in Phoenix. In ooh, when would that be? Um, mid eighties, mm. somewhere somewhere along the line. Anyway, we've been friends ever since. She hired me to play guitar in her uh, trio. And the very first show that we did was the Paris Jazz Festival. Mm. And um, the material was all new to me. Um, you know, I've been playing small venues uh, for the most part. And, um, and that was the point where my band was slowing down and you know, I was playing like hired gun guitar here and there, not really playing that much. Um, so I went from not playing that much in small venues to suddenly playing theaters and, and big festivals in the matter of a couple of days. Yeah. So I wish I could go back and um, be better prepared for that. And uh, I think that my confidence level is... Um, like miles and miles from what it used to be uh, as, as far as uh, being on stage. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like a do-over on that show. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's next? What's, the, what's something you haven't done yet that you're really hoping to accomplish? Um, well, we're always trying to up our game. Um, uh, we, we try to up the, uh, the number of... Uh, shows in a year uh uh this seems like there's always something that gets in the way of that this year there were some fly dates that um kept us from touring so we had to be um around to to go out and do these specific dates that were kind of scattered throughout the winter time um so we haven't really been away from home that much mm -hmm. uh, uh but that's one thing that I'd really like to do is up the tour dates. Um, there's a couple of albums that I want to make that uh, that have been uh, uh, put on the back burner a couple of times because other albums are you know taking precedence. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do a Willie Nelson tribute album. Wow. And I've wanted to do this for four years, and we, we keep having to, you know, once I put out an album, uh, financially it makes it difficult for me to get a bunch of studio time and a bunch of guys together to to make this album just for fun. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's one thing that I'd like to do. Um, um, we, we really concentrate on 
opening new markets. Um, we've really been working hard on the East Coast um, for the last two years, maybe three, um, but not really, not really doing that much on the West Coast. So I, I'd really like to do that. Um, we've played some shows around the Seattle area, and we've been down in California a couple of times, but we haven't really concentrated on it. So that's one thing I'd really like to do is uh, is uh, create a, uh, a bigger audience in California and uh, out west. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Gary, thanks so much for being a part of the show. I really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to hearing the next record and seeing what's next. Great. Well, anytime. Thanks, thanks. for the visit. All right. How about Kerry Morin? Thanks for coming on, my friend. We're going to go back to the roots of this podcast when it first started. On the first few episodes, I used to play a track from whoever I was interviewing because I think it's a really cool way to place the voice with the singing voice at the end of the episode. And if you like the music, you can go look them up and you can buy music from them. And I encourage you to do that or go out to a show or buy a hat or whatever. Uh, I, I, Reese, I started hearing after I'd done a few episodes that you're not supposed to do that, maybe. You're not supposed to play other people's music on your podcast. I don't know exactly how that works, really. I, I don't quite get it. If you have some insight on this, feel free to give me a shout, middleclassrockstar.gmail.com. But the way I see it is, if the artist wrote the song and owns the song and, is, and okays it, I think it's totally okay to play a track from the artist. I think it's a great way to put together what you heard in the interview, to hear what they're all about, listen to a song, and then maybe maybe you become a fan. So I want to I want to give the listener the opportunity to check out the artist. We just we just talked with him for an hour. So I chatted with Carrie and uh, he gave me the go ahead to use this song to end the podcast. It's called When I Rise. It's the title track off the album. You guessed it. When I rise, I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering out of Las Vegas, Nevada, puts the finishing touches on this podcast. For any of your audio or restoration needs, go to www.pqmastering.com and inquire further about his services. I think he does an excellent job with this podcast. He does lots of music as well uh, in other podcasts, so get a hold of him. If you liked the episode, if you didn't like the episode, actually, no, if you liked the episode, please rate and review. If you didn't like the episode, uh, uh, just don't. Don't do anything. That would be that'd be helpful. Um, but if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, death threats, you can email me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Let's hear When I Rise from Carrie Morin. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
when I rise Early in the morning Long before I see your eyes Got no time for coffee Now I gotta run Early in the morning Another life is done When I rise When I rise When I rise Baby, when I rise I don't know 